Travis been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whispers. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so... Let's make the most of this beautiful Hello, day. neighbors. Welcome to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. Whoa. That's pretty low. That was you need, pretty, to, why is you need that to turn so that up a little bit. I'll have to work on sound. I'm, I'm, I'm very quietly Bill Swirla. I think that that uh, quiet gong is because of unconfessed sin in your life, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out why it was so soft. (laughs) If I didn't say it, you're listening to the world-famous God Whispers, the Manly Doctors of Divinity, coming to you today. Manly Doctors of Divinity, that's right. That that would be us. (laughs) That fine degree conferred upon us by University of Skype. Uh, well, let's uh, let's let's not use uh, let's leave my soundboard out of this today. <laughs> I, I guess you're having some issues there. I, you know, I, I I tested it. I thought it was okay. But no, it's very soft. Very very soft here. Oh, inquire no more, you feral beast. Here we go. Mine's working just fine. Ah, there we are. Oh, much much better, much better. How are you, he- Craig? I'm I'm doing pretty good. How are you? It's hotter than blazes in St. Louis. Uh, it's August. What what did you expect when you moved there? I I, I don't know. I expected a special uh, dispensation of grace from the so, good somehow Lord. you. I, well, now you had uh, last month. You had some uh, rather mild summer weather. As I honestly, recall. it has been a, a pretty mild summer all the way around out here, and and so. Uh, we get a week of of Hades, but it, it, that's not that bad, really. Yeah, I, I had to laugh at the uh, the news feed coming in. I was listening to it. All, all the hundreds of people arrested up in Ferguson. Only seven were actually residents of Ferguson. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you think there might be some outsiders involved? Uh huh. Oh, what a sad thing! What a sad thing! It, it really is. For, you know, for the for the people living there too, and everything. I, I mean, it, it's it's good. To, it's good to hear things seem to be quieting just a bit, and uh, hopefully. Um, Calm reason and justice will prevail as it's supposed to. I hope so. Reason is is such a difficult thing to ask people. (laughs) It's just getting to be very tedious and tiresome, really, the (sighs) the whole thing. I I really, really wish that the media would just go home and stop feeding this, this nonsense around here. Yeah, you wonder how much of that actually has to do with just simply coverage, too. I mean, there, there's obviously there's some honest things. Um, 
that uh, the 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 community needs to address. But uh, the the outside presence of the media just, I think, pours a lot of gasoline on the fire too. No, it, yeah, and, and everybody wants to be on TV. So <laughs> how do you get on TV? My moment. <laughs> Go throw a bottle of urine at the police. That'll get you I on TV. I don't really like being on TV or the whole concept of it. I, I When I see TV cameras, I just kind of run the other way or, you know, pull my coat over my head. Hey, speaking of, had I known that Mr. Rogers was going to be on, I would have worn my cardigan sweater. You sh- <laughs> How's the weather out there? Uh, pleasant. Uh, we're, in, we're in sort of... 90s, quite dry though, very dry. Ah. <laughs> Drier than like you would believe, but drier yeah, you, than you ever remembered it to be. You guys could uh, could use some uh, serious rain out there. Well, you're not going to expect any in August, but boy, I tell you, if it doesn't come in November, it's going to be grim here, just absolutely grim. Probably back. Did did you remember the big drought? Um, I think this was before I moved to California um, the first time. Uh, wasn't there a big drought? Like in oh yeah, mid mid late seventies. Yeah. they were they yeah. were rationing water and uh, this is where you couldn't uh, flush your toilet and stuff like that. Well, that's that's where they uh, they came up with the phrase: "If it's brown, flush it down. If it's yellow, let it mellow." And uh, <laughs> well, I was, think that I, was quite a quite a campaign. On, I think we may be getting back to the mellowing radio. days real soon here. This yeah, is, this, no, it's 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 a very serious thing and. Um, uh, unfortunately, like everything else, it's it's just amazing. I, I don't care what you what you bring up. Um, did did man actually go to the moon? Um, is there really a drought? Blah blah blah. You get all these people who just say, "Oh, you know, that's just propaganda. Oh, that's just the government, you know, playing chicken little. Uh, the sky's falling, or oh, that's the scientists. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, and it's like this seems to be sort of the chorus these days. Whenever you want to deny reality, you know, like right in front of you is just basically, say, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. I think it's the illusion. I think this is what happens when when you get all your information via like the television or or the internet or the sort of this media you know in other words you get regurgitated information you stop trusting facts you you stop trusting what you actually are looking at with your own eyes but it's very odd it's very irrational kind of behavior i get all of my information from new haven that's where i get my information (laughs) well actually i get all my news from the colbert report and 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 the onion (laughs) yes the the onion has uh, been proven to uh be groundbreaking and and, Fo- and Fox Fox News is uh, you know the, the those three that that that's the, that's my trifecta of information hey, and truth you, you just ticked off all our conservative <laughs> listeners there intentionally good job thank you um, good job hmm. I have a uh, I I don't want to go to we should probably do a little housekeeping let's huh? let's do the housekeeping the God Whispers hotline area code six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen spells manly doctors thirteen manly durs thirteen and honestly. Bill, I haven't checked the Skype for about two weeks now, mm. uh, but if somebody leaves a message, normally I get an email telling me, so uh, yeah. Let's see. Check, check in. Not really, I don't know how you feel about that, but I agree. Not clear, not clear on that. You know, I, I'd, I'd really have to think about that for a little <laughs> bit longer. So I, that's not worth anything, right there. Um, hmm. The mothership, godwhispers.org. Uh, email us, godwhispers at gmail.com. 
Uh, nothing, nothing in the mailbag is really exciting me today, Craig. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, not, not stimulated by the mailbag. So I'm, I'm not going there. Is that okay? I, I guess. I do have a reading. I, c- I could go look at the uh, Facebook page and see what. Uh, oh no! Don't go. Skipper Georg's been d- posting d- don't, this don't, week. Don't, but, uh... don't go there. No, no. That's, that's, <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Don't go there. Okay. There's there's uh, okay, plenty right. to talk about without resorting to Facebook. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I'll just leave it. Leave it at that. Um, I, I I have I ran across a great reading from Luther. Not that that's a surprise. Uh, I think most most stuff. Wait, that, wait, Martin Luther, not Luther Vandross, right? No, we're talking about Martin Luther, okay. the, the reformer, okay. the 16th yeah. century guy. Um, but I have this great little book. Uh, it was put out by Fortress uh, called uh, "Day by Day We Magnify Thee." Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll recognize that from the Te Deum. Uh, these are daily readings uh, from the writings of Martin Luther for the entire year. So there's one uh, brief page uh, per day for the entire year, organized liturgically uh, by the one-year calendar. So this would be a reading for the 13th week after Trinity Sunday. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure what Sunday we're in, actually, because we use propers. So, yeah. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, they are some of the best Luther quotes that I have ever seen, uh, actually. And what I particularly like is that whoever, and I don't know who did this, but whoever did this actually refers them to the Weimar Ausgabe, the the uh, the the big collection of Luther's works that's in German and Latin. So you can actually find all this stuff. A lot of times when you have you know these these things about what Luther says and stuff like that, it's hard to find the quote. It's just there, and everybody's quoting Luther and this. But you can actually find its its context in the the original work from whence it came. So this is a, on a, a sermon on the fourth Sunday after Trinity uh, from the year 1526, which is kind of middle Luther, on uh, Luke 10, uh, and the word of our Lord, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy neighbor as thyself. Um, and so you, you, you'll recognize in that the faith toward thee and fervent love toward one another from Luther's uh, 1526, same year, uh, collect that he wrote for his German mass. But, but here, uh, quoting Luther, there you have the good works described altogether. These we should practice toward one another as our heavenly father has done toward us and is still doing unceasingly. You have often heard that we need no works to please God, but we need them for our neighbor. We cannot make God any more powerful or richer through our works, and we, but we can make our neighbor stronger and richer by them. He needs them, and they should be directed towards him and not to God. You have often heard this, and it's still ringing in your ears. Would to God that it would go into your, hand, go into your hands and be expressed in works. Faith is due to God alone. Faith receives divine works, which God alone can do. And these works of God, we can receive alone through faith. Then we should be busy for our neighbor's sake and direct our works toward him that they might serve him. My faith, I must bring inwardly and upwards to God, but my works, I must do outwardly and downwards to my neighbor. So far, Luther six fifteen twenty six. So basically it's the God doesn't need your good works your neighbor does. 
Right. And and before God, Coram Deo, life consists entirely in faith alone. That's where the sola fide comes in, faith alone. But before men, it consists entirely in works alone, which is essentially what James says in James 2. You know, you're babbling about your faith does me no good, which is true. Somebody talks about my faith, my faith, my faith. All you can basically say is, well, that's nice. You know, that's, that's no different than talking about your feelings. It, it's there. The faith is, uh, for you inward and therefore, uh, not, not seen by the neighbor nor meaningful to the neighbor, but your works are. And, uh, because those are directed to the neighbor and that finds that perfect expression in that, that Luther post communion collect, uh, which he wrote for the 1526 German, uh, mass, uh, where he he says that they praise that these gifts that we've received in the Lord's Supper, the body and the blood of Christ, would strengthen us in faith toward thee and in fervent love toward one another. Reflecting uh, his 1520 insight, six years prior, that the Christian lives outside of himself. He lives in Christ by faith, and he lives in the neighbor by love. And so faith and love or faith and works are related as before God and before men. I think the mistake a lot of people make is they, they think somehow that um, if you add faith to your works, then that makes them pleasing to God. You know, it's like, like, the, like the secret ingredient. So take your works and add faith, and now your works are pleasing to God. But that's not true. Your faith is pleasing to God because it clings to the work of Christ. You know, it's interesting because this brings to mind uh, on Facebook recently, uh, someone posted the old uh, judge not lest ye be judged kind of thing. Like, like oh, yeah, that one, makes, of those, one of those all Swiss... sin is okay because <laughs> those are the, that's a Swiss army knife Bible passage right there. Judge right. not. Who am I to judge? <laughs> Well, or if you dare to call a sin a sin, right. then it's judge not lest you be judged. And, of course, the the context of the whole thing is completely missing, that it's about, uh, you know, that whole thing about speck in your eye and uh, in your neighbor's eye and the log in your own. And it's about hypocrisy and Pharisees being Pharisees and so forth and so on. And, uh, you know, just the idea that sin is okay because you do it too. And uh, how we need to be proclaiming, no, we are all equally sinful, all equally redeemed in Christ for his sake. And so we we do the things that are pleasing to God as best as we can out of love, not out of uh, show of superiority or anything like that, but just out of the, the common decency that God has put in us through Christ. And so that, that love, those good works that that go out toward our neighbor should be done compassionately and, and not in a sense that, uh, well, I'm going to get brownie points with God on this one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's where the atheists point out that what kind of good work is it if you're doing it to get rewarded? Yeah. You know, it's like notch one up for me, God, I just helped the little old lady across the street. That ain't a good work. You're just kind of, you're just kind of in it for yourself. Well, honestly, going back to my fundagelical days, that that was huge. You do good works, you share the gospel, you do all these things. Why? Because you get more rooms in your mansion in heaven, you get more <laughs> jewels in your crown in heaven, so you can lord your awesomeness over all those Lutherans. Yeah, who... the, right, the Lutherans. <laughs> right. <particularly. laughs> 
you know, the, well, and and the mansion. We we need to we need to deal with that sometimes. That's not what that's not what that that verse means. It, it's you don't you don't get your own like fourteen thousand square foot uh, thing on acreage in heaven. You know, it, uh, a, a manse is a place. A Are you place. sure? Have you been there? Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I just looked at the word. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's all I got to work with is the word. Uh, but the the word means what the word meant, and the word did not mean uh, your 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 basic uh, you know three story in Bel Air. Uh, it's <laughs> or the heavenly equivalent of Bel Air. It means a place. He's gone to prepare a place for you. Um, but judge well, not. How, how utterly turned in and sinful is that to say, I'm going to do God-pleasing things so that I get more stuff. Right, for real estate, essentially. I'm right, doing, and, for and, and for bragging rights, right? For yeah. real estate and bragging rights. Talk about Phariseeism. You know, you, oh, you, be nice to those Pharisees. They almost worked their way into the kingdom of heaven. That's, 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 why, the, that's why Jesus held them up. Almost. You know? Yeah. Well, he's, but think about what he said in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That says two things. One, you got to be better than they are, and they're really good at it. And two, they don't make it. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. it depends who's listening. But no, you know, Matthew 7, judge not that you not be judged. Uh, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and the measure you give will be the measure you get. And then, as you said, he goes on to talk about why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's this log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take out the log of your own eye, and then you'll clearly see the speck. Uh, the, you clearly take the speck out of your brother's eye. Um, judge there, it doesn't mean judging works or actions. In fact, if, if that were true, how could anybody serve on a jury? How could anybody serve as a judge on a judicial bench? Uh, how could anybody serve as a legislator? Uh, you, you were, you're judging actions. If you, if you take it that way, uh, it means we can't ever say anything is wrong. Well, you have to understand that's, uh, you can tell someone that they're a murderer and they have to go away for life without calling them a sinner. That's hurtful. <laughs> well, yeah, but don't you don't, don't, don't want to hurt their feelings. Don't, don't speak the mind of the culture because be, be, only because it confuses. That's like when people play <laughs> devil's advocate; they start to think you're, you know, he's actually believes this stuff. But, uh, you know, that, that's the problem with being an advocate for the devil. You start to be mistaken for the devil himself. But but, but, but honestly, I mean, that that's kind of isn't that kind of the attitude of? Well, yeah, he broke broke the the laws of the state of Missouri, but uh, uh, you know. He needs to go to jail, but uh, I can't call it a sin. No, it, it, that's the problem. Is is you can make, and you're called to make a judgment um, against conscience and the word of God. Uh, otherwise, we have no basis for morality, ethics, uh, society, anything. Uh, you know, we we all agree that certain actions are simply wrong, <laughs> and uh, and so that is a judgment. What this means is don't render a judgment as to the status of the individual before God. Uh, so you can say Hitler did evil things. You can even say Hitler was evil, but you can't say Hitler is burning in hell for what he did. Got to leave that judgment to God. Because if you take it over, you're going to get judged for the same thing. And then you're going to be judged on the basis of 
you you uh, you go to hell because of what you did or didn't do or didn't do and yeah. and, and then make room we're all heading there baby <laughs> so you know that that's where the mistake is when right when righteous people say he'll burn in hell for that uh, that's exactly what Jesus is warning against. Don't render that judgment. You're not God. Uh, like, remember, the, what's, what's the, par- the parable of the dragnet? The kingdom of heaven's like this dragnet that goes and hauls all kinds of stuff ashore. Uh, you know, fish, clean and unclean, shoes, tires, everything. Just, just hauls the whole thing ashore. And who does the sorting at the end of the age? At the end of the age, the angels. So, so we're not in a position to either uh, sort the wheat from the weeds or sort out the catch of the kingdom. That's not given for us to do. Uh, thanks be to God, because truthfully, the line runs right through the middle of us, too, right? I have about uh, three quarters of the KFU staff right now pushing their faces against the fishbowl. Beautiful, and, beautiful. Uh, See, this, yeah. is, this is the time. <laughs> they, they know this is the hour when, when Craig is most distractible when he's talking to now, me. Now, these people are, are goofy simply because they work with me, but also it's hotter than blazes out there, and they just went out for a walk. Oh, okay, so they're pressing they're pressing sweaty foreheads against they, your glass <laughs> they like to sweat i guess they're leaving smudges on your window i'm just sitting here in air condition in, in an air conditioned room sweating but do you, uh, do, you, I don't know. do you have windex that's really <laughs> you need you need windex <laughs> you know the only reason this air conditioned craig is not for your comfort but it's to protect the equipment you understand that well i i am grateful for the equipment that needs to be air conditioned so <laughs> And actually, probably without air conditioning, that equipment would heat that up into like a, actually it'd directly. Be, it'd be like a sweat lodge in there. <laughs> beneath the studio here is the rack room on the floor oh, below. Whoa, us. whoa, 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 whoa! No, stop. no, no! You, you stop. Per- stop right there! Stop! The, the International Center has a rack room. Let's let's ponder the implications of that. <laughs> It's where all the computer and IT stuff is. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought I thought maybe you had some Jesuits from St. Louis University <laughs> writing that. <laughs> that would be. I'll meet it's, you. I'll meet you down in the rack room. It's the counter counter reformation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you know nothing would surprise me. You know that the International Center has a rack room where you know like guys like me eventually go. You know, you, you know, it's like defend evolution long enough and you go to the rack room. <laughs> Regardless, it's where there's Repent. a whole bunch of computer stuff. No one about- expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. William, move your head. Look at the size of that boy's head. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. You're going to give the boy a complex. Oh, that's a huge noggin. That's a virtual planetoid. Has its own weather system. Heed, move. So anyway, this room is is held at about a constant fifty five. Oh, beautiful and, temperature! And I am I'm I'm really considering a storing wine down there, but also yeah, be, be setting up a cot for hot days like this, <laughs> and just going down and taking a nap. I think that would be great. Yeah, that's a, that's the perfect temperature for that's the temperature of my red wine uh, chillers. Fifty. Oh yeah, it's perfect. White wines hey, we take down to fifty, but uh, reds fifty five. Very nice. I'm thinking uh, we don't really have time to get in it 
anything else quite now. Let, uh, quite yet. Let's uh, let's take an early break here. Oh, I was gonna I was gonna raise Luke six. In, oh, go in, ahead quickly. We've got a minute then. Luke does pull things in a slightly different context. As if but, Bill could do anything in a minute. <laughs> judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So that's the that's the longer saying. And so it's not our business to judge, put somebody in heaven or hell, condemn, put them in hell. Uh, but it is our business to forgive and and to to uh, pronounce the release of sin, and so uh, <laughs> uh, be be very careful when you you take the role of of judge before God because you're taking over a seat that's already been taken by the Son of God. I like it. You managed to end the segment on a nice gospel note. Yeah. Speaking do, of do gospel I get notes, quote, do I get quote of the week? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. When I'm <laughs> we'll be back. Take a look at you. Then I'm not so blue. When you're close to me, I can see your Welcome back to the world famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. No gong. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm occupied. <laughs> uh, otherwise occupied, you, Bill you, Swirla. You uh, you came back. You came back quickly. Here, let's try that again. Welcome back to the world famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. <laughs> That's the wrong button. <laughs> the Henning cough. The soothing tones of the uh, Bill Swirla gong. <laughs> you know, it's it's something. I think Todd 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 needs a sound effect. Todd Wilkin, you know, at issues, etc. He needs he needs a sound effect. Uh, yeah, I'm going to work on that. We should we should come up with a sound effect for Todd. Oh, and, oh. And what would let's, it? Let's try this one out. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. No, that doesn't. That's work. a that's a that's a that's a quote that's a quote uh, clip. Uh, oh, a, you just want a sound? Yeah. Uh, here, wait. Here's one. Here's one. Try this. That could work. Ah, uh, see now now <laughs> you now you're starting a war. <laughs> Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah. Hey, uh, we could go one of two directions, but I'm going to pick this one. Go ahead. Uh, which is probably the, the less wise of the two. Uh-oh. Uh, questions. Another question for an atheist ex-pastor, this time about women. And and I like this because of one quote, uh, just to show how bitter this guy is. <laughs> I came from a fairly liberal Protestant denomination that has been ordaining women to ministry for decades. We've always had women elders and leaders in the church. That being said, I have long been uncomfortable with the place of women in organized religion, even when I was in ministry myself. Not surprisingly, this is where it gets good. A deity created by a patri- by patriarchal goat herders is going to be <laughs> Patriarchal. <laughs> patriarchal goat herders? Yes. The authors of the New Testament apparently are patriarchal goat herders. I, I don't I don't know if, if Paul, the Apostle Paul, ever even was around a goat. 
I I'm willing to wager that he ate goat. Well, yeah, I mean he ate goat. Yeah, uh, I don't think he ever herded them. I, I I mean I can imagine at uh, Yom Kippur he might have been exposed to a goat. But anyway, even in the patriarchal in the New goat herd. Yes, yeah, but this isn't inflammatory or anything. Uh, even in the think, New Testament, do you think that's an ad hominem? I I don't know. Let's let's kind of let's kind of like parse this for a little bit. Uh, in fact, let's let's look at the 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 sentence here. Just not surprisingly, a deity created by patriarchal goat herders is going to be patriarchal. No, not necessarily. Though I would say that a deity created by patriarchal goat herders is likely to be a goat himself. Okay, that's that's possible. Going moving on. <laughs> Likely to be a goat himself because he's a goat herder. No, that the the deity that that is created by a patriarchal goat herder is in all likelihood going to be a goat. Uh, possibly, but he is a lamb. Oh, see where I went there. Even in the New Testament, I I want to point out that our Lord is a shepherd. I'm just 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 saying. And he is is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. And a lamb, not a goat. Goat. I didn't say. I didn't say goat. Although curiously, goats and sheep are interchangeable in most everything in the Old Testament, except when it comes down to Matthew 25 at the close of the day. Then you know when 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 they're they're called out of the field and into their pens, then sheep and goat are separated. But but uh, generally they are interchangeable and all live together. Kind of. Let's get a running start at this again. Just thinking, not surprisingly, uh, a deity created by a patri- patriarchal by, by patriarchal goat herders, goat herders yes. is going to be patriarchal. Okay, even. In the New Testament, the role of women remains relatively unchanged. Okay. St. Paul wrote that, quote, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. Yeah, notice it says in the churches. I mean, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't silence them anywhere else. <laughs> he also wrote, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man. There you go. Sadly... Scripture and tradition have been carefully used to justify giving women a role unwe- unequal to that of men. Whoever Within said it was Roman- equal. Uh, apparently and does equal it. mean interchangeable? I, I think men and women are equal. I just don't think they're interchangeable. Within the Roman Catholic tradition, the absence of women in ministry is justified by the notion that Jesus only chose men as disciples that the priest who stands in for Jesus at the Eucharist has to be a man since Jesus was a man. Inquire no more, you feral beast. There um, are two things at play here. Wait, The first is the fact... No, no, I want to finish. It's almost over. (sighs) There are two things at play here. The first is the fact that context is ignored. The I'll role say. of women in society has changed particularly in the last century. Religion, however, chooses to ignore the context here for uh, for fear of deviating from the norms emanating from the scriptures and tradition. Tiresome. The, the other is that those who put women in their place in church are the men who are holding on to their place in the church and men, sadly, still tend to make make the rules. Therefore, there is no God, right? 
All I can <laughs> all I can say is I'm glad Dave is an ex pastor. Uh, you know, with, with that with that kind of way of reading the scriptures, I'm glad Dave is an ex pastor. I'm curious. Let me just let where me just, Dave used to be an ex pastor. Uh, I don't even want to let's let's roll the videotape back a couple of paragraphs. Okay, first of all, Jesus only chose men as disciples. False. Jesus chose only men as apostles. An apostle is not a disciple. A disciple is not an apostle. Though all apostles are disciples, not all disciples are apostles. In fact, he accorded Mary of Mary and Martha fame the place of of the honored place as student of Torah by sitting at his feet, clinging to every word. And so, so uh, Jesus, unlike the rabbis of his day, had female disciples. He just did not have female apostles. Why? Because a female could not represent a male with legal authority. Apostolus, shaliach, sent one with authority. So, there you go. I, uh, th- there's a link here that's very interesting. Maybe we should attend this. Also, Apost- Aposticon 2014. Also, also, society may have changed, but the church has not changed. Go back to the verse that he quoted. Women should remain silent in the churches. It says nothing about women in society. It says nothing about women in business. It says nothing about women in academia or in government. Just in the churches, they are to listen to the word of God, which is how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. You know, and so so it's just simply the uniqueness of the pastoral office as the office that with authority represents Christ, speaks in his stead and by his command, not as a priest caricaturizing the Roman church, but as the authorized voice so that he who hears you hears me. It's really simple, actually. Problem is, a lot of conservative types take this to mean women should be silent all over the place. You know, silent, barefoot, and pregnant. But that's not what Paul's saying here. Plus, Greek society was much more enlightened even at the time. So he doesn't know history either. I'm glad he's an ex-pastor, Craig. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry that, that he made the false leap to atheism from his false understanding of Scripture. Well, but I'm very yeah. glad that he no longer represents the church or the, the authoritative teaching of Scripture. Um, that, that I'm glad for. I, I, I pray that he sees the error and folly of his ways as well. I, I think we need to go do a remote broadcast from Aposticon. Oh, you found you found uh, found pay dirt there. Yeah, they there. There's actually a conference for apostates. Oh, <laughs> you know, the, the, there are some people. There's some people who'd be willing to send me to that. Just, just you know, as kind of like continuing education. <laughs> no, let's see. Where is this going on? This is uh, in late September, Omaha. What? No one wants to go to Omaha. Come let, on. Let alone for that. Hey, if you're gonna do if you're gonna do an Aposticon conference, come on. Location, location, location. Omaha? Seattle, baby. Portland. Ooh, San yeah. Francisco. See, now that's a place for atheists, right? Come there. on. You know, pick yes. your location. These guys not only have no brains, they have no taste. I mean, really. Come on. Well, let's see. How much does Aposticon cost? Too much. You can't afford uh, it. Well you can here. You're a high-paid synodical executive. Type. Admission options. Let's see what the admission options are here. <laughs> General admissions, $125. VIP package for 385 What? 
You get to attend to the Mystery Dinner with the Stars. Oh. You get priority seating. Yeah. Green room access. VIP welcome basket. Yep. Uh, Who cares? Swag bag. Wait, 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 welcome basket. That's another name for a swag bag. Ooh, this is good. A pasta concierge service. Does that mean they give you pasta? (laughs) No, that's spelled wrong. Suddenly your interest is peaked, I can tell. (laughs) One of a kind, a pasta con t-shirt, and much more. Uh, Let's also go back to the original question. Student tickets are sold out already. Well, there you go. Why do so many Christians and Christian religions treat women so abominably? Really? Christians and Christian religions, uh, I didn't know there was more than one, but that's okay, treat women so abominably. Um, uh, let's see, I, have, have, have we encountered any forced marriages of, of uh, eight-year-old women in the Christian church recently, Craig? Recently? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, beatings and beheadings? Um, I've heard about some beatings recently, but not really beheadings. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, as a pastor, well, I heard of a beating recently, but that guy's going to jail. So. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I didn't mean, I didn't mean abuse. I, I meant uh, institutionally approved. Oh. Institutionally no, approved. I don't think that I recall any canings or anything. Um, like that. Um, maybe we could call upstairs at the international. Abominably, uh, how how in 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 the name of Christianity, and in the name of the Christian Church, uh, how and where, especially today. But I mean, how are women being treated abominably? What what is the what is the basis behind that presuppositional question? Um, we don't make them bishops, and we don't make them what, pastors. You know, Therefore, they are subhuman. Apparently, so 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 they can't, for a variety of reasons, um, uh, hold a particular office in the church. Therefore, they are being treated abominably. Look, you and I are pastors. We know how pastors get treated. Some pastors get treated abominably. To put a woman in the pastoral office, I think, would be to treat them abominably, wouldn't you? If you remember, there was a uh, pastor who is no longer part of our denomination, but uh, said that he would not commune with us anymore until we ordain women. And uh, this this kind of uh, evil needs to stop. And I, I wrote him back a, a letter saying, why would you try to force women into servitude like this? <laughs> I, I, you, I, I thought you were a champion of women. Why are you trying to force them into a, a position that is uh, fraught with uh, discontent and anger and and servitude? Because a pastor is supposed to be a servant. And and I, I'm I'm really upset with you trying to enslave women like this. That's <laughs> yeah, nice, nice sort of argument from the opposite there. But uh, <laughs> but you well, know, I've served as a pastor. I know articles you know, like this. Articles good. like this just frustrate the daylights out of me because they're not based in any fact. Uh, now, if you're going to dredge up some medieval notion or the burning of witches in colonial America or whatever, I mean, th- first of all, these things these things are not inherently Christian, and and you can sniff that out quite easily. Any Christian can. So, second of all, uh, you know, if anything, the Christian religion treats women with the utmost respect mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, you know, who as a woman bore the incarnate son of God in her womb, that alone is reason to honor all women. Uh, you know, I mean, this is ridiculous. And, and it's just, it's patently false. So this is classic straw man. You set up a, a phony opponent and then you knock him down, thereby justifying your position. 
Uh, and and it, it just it just irritates me that somebody, especially you know the the atheist crowd, they're supposed to be such skeptics and deal only in hard evidence. And then you write something like this that's based on nothing at all. You know, where, where's the hard evidence? This is taken as a fact that Christian religion religions treat women abominably. Uh, let, let's uh, let's 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 kind of do a survey of world religion and see how women fare. Well, and I think that he'd say absolutely. That's the point, because there are religions where women are persecuted let, let's in see, the name of a god. Let, let's see how women fare in secular societies. Let, let's let's uh, check out how women are were, were doing under in 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 uh, Soviet Russia in the Soviet Union. How about at, North at the Korea? Peak, at the peak, yeah. How about North Korea? Not a Christian mm. nation, you know. No, <laughs> actually, it's an atheist hotspot. It's, right. It's it's kind of like Hawaii, but for atheists. I would say. I the, the, just this 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 line of rhetoric is getting <laughs> tiresome. Speaking of tiresome, I see that Richard Dawkins is in the news again. Oh, you want to go to the Richard Dawkins? I was going to take up the uh, Archbishop uh, seeks to return consecrated host taken by no, I, I, organizers I, of a black mass. I want to. I want to. I want to uh, right, go to Dawkins. Let's talk about Richard Dawkins. Dawkins recently tweeted a link to a New Republic piece by one of my favorites, uh, biologist Jerry Coyne. The uh, reason he's a favorite of mine is that he's, a, he's an evolutionary biologist at my alma mater, the University of Chicago, uh, where Coyne, not Dawkins, bemoans horrific instances of the Irish government trying to save babies from late-term abortions on demand. Um, and, and then Dawkins, uh, of course, approves in a civilized world, a world where biologists determine not only when human life begins, but when it's worth caring about, we can make mincemeat out of 20-week-old fetuses without much compunction. Uh, see, so in, in fact, I think Dawkins has tweeted that, uh, that if one discovers one hands a Downs baby, one is obligated to abort it and try again. I think Richard Dawkins is losing his mind uh, in in his seniority. I, I, I think he is he's become so embittered uh, in his in his atheism that he has become sort of cartoonish. I think he's the the Pat Robertson of atheism. <laughs> uh, but he's not old enough to to be the Pat Robertson of atheism. Because you you have to be like really old and have that cheese really slipped off the cracker to to do that right. See, I love how it, you know in his world, biology, the science of biology will determine morality and ethics. Okay, this is how morality and ethics are determined by by science in in Dawkins' world. Uh, which have you ever seen a, a YouTube called Cruel Logic? You, no, you, you should you should you should check it out. It's really creepy. But it's it's a it's a it's a guy who's basically got a biology professor uh, strapped to a chair in a in a dungeon like basement, and he's going to dissect him to death, and and he's basically arguing that um, there is no moral reason for him not to do that. That his genes are superior to the biologist, and he has a moral obligation to eliminate the competition. Hmm. And it, it's 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 that, it's it's nasty. It's a nasty YouTube. But uh, but that, that's just uh, that's really Dawkins, disturbing. That's Dawkins' that world. That's that is Dawkins' world. Um, he you know he he basically has has said that religion is a scientific endeavor, 
And uh, by saying so, and unfortunately some <laughs> some religious types buy into that argument, but we won't go there, um, that it's a scientific, and because of that, religion has been discredited by science and replaced by science, and now ethics and morality are to be determined by science alone. Uh, and, and then on that basis, he can decree that, uh, you know, that, that a fetus is not worth living. You know that, that in fact it's it's absurd for for the government to intervene in terms of late term abortion or stuff like that because the biologist has determined there's no value in this life. This kind of goes along with the uh, whole line of thinking during Nazi Germany. I oh, would oh say. here's here's uh, the here's the tweet. Somebody basically said you know to the effect um, that if I were pregnant with a kid with Down syndrome, it would pose a genuine ethical dilemma. And his response to her was, "Abort it and try again. It, right. w- it would be immoral to bring it into the world. Immoral." Check this out, okay? Where, where does he get off it would be even the morality it, word, it, period? He has no basis for morality. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay, he might say it's contrary to his... No, I'd say it's contrary to his dogma of evolution because because who is he to to overrule natural selection? Well, I... See, he's, know, he's, I, he's, I was, he's, basically, he's basically saying he's superior to Mother Nature, and Mother Nature is 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 the God ruling this thing. Natural selection has brought all of this uh, diverse and wonderful complexity in the world. So, who is he to select over and against natural selection? Mm. But he says it would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice. Isn't this the same kind of logic that the eugenicists were using at the time of Hitler? Well, yeah, I mean, and you, before Hitler, also, you don't you don't need to invoke Hitler. I mean, that's that's a logical moral uh, outcome or consequence of that line of thinking. That um, if if this is so, uh, then knowing what we know about uh, you know development, fetal development, etc., uh, we have a moral imperative now with our knowledge to improve the human race by selecting those who will live and those who don't. That's that's the logical outcome of that's the ethics of 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 this. See, I would maintain this is what happens when you have just raw scientific fact apart from faith. You know, we're always playing faith and science against each other, and we shouldn't right. because they're not they're 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 completely different things but this is what happens when you have an amoral science this is why by the way i i I hope and encourage that christians go into science um you know not to refute evolution that's silly uh but to bring to bring a moral ethical framework um into the discussion this is why medical boards have an uh, they have an ethical board a board of ethics at hospitals just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it or that you ought to do it you know but science can't answer that question about should you do it or ought you do it it can only answer how's it done i i'm i'm just trying to figure out what what he deems as moral or immoral and and how i mean that that's yeah that's still a big question mark he's he's making a moral ethical judgment that the the woman who knows she's carrying a down syndrome is morally obligated to abort it and try again says richard dawkins uh if she has that choice so that's assuming a she has the knowledge and b she has the capacity and the choice to do that and to do otherwise he believes would be immoral now he doesn't explain why, but I could I would guess one, 
uh, bringing a genetically defective human being into the world knowingly uh, diminishes the genetic uh, strength of the human race, right? That, I mean, that's the, way, that's the way he would look at it. I'm not saying that's so. That's how he's looking at it. Uh, secondly, it, it, uh, it, it brings a human being into the world who's going to require resources, a drain on resources. Hmm. Why do, do, I wonder if he wears glasses, because because people who have bad eyesight are also uh, disturbing the gene pool and diminishing it. We hey, should not hey, be. We should not hey, be. Or you. Hey. Good grief. I, you. I am a disturbance in the gene pool. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you don't have kids, see? <laughs> Spared the world. See, but I am I am that cockroach that cannot be killed. Is the, is the thing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, it, you know, it's very sad. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the other side, uh, you know, religious types will use this as another excuse to demonize science, which I think is uh, very, very unfortunate. Sci- science is a way of knowing things that that um, is is vital. Um, in fact, it's God's gift. God encourages and blesses science. Um, otherwise, He wouldn't have given us reasons he, and senses. Where where did we turn the corner? And, and, and this, you know, the idea of uh, science and religion, science and Christianity being opposed to each other. I'll, I'll tell it, you. It was, I'll tell it was you. Always where. that the Christians were scientists. You know, I mean, there were many, many Christian right. scientists. Well, yeah, in in, in a, <laughs> rightly understood. <laughs> and I don't mean that crazy religion Christian scientists scientist who happen to be Christian. Yes, well, no, that, yeah. that's right. Um, yeah, I'll tell you where I think culturally the turning point happened: Scope's monkey trial. Mm. Uh, that that was the end of all reason and the beginning of all nonsense in in the whole thing. That first of all, the mischaracterization of evolution that we came from apes, you know, which that's not what that's not what evolutionary theory teaches. Um, and the, and then this whole thing of it's it, it's basically a political, rhetorical culture war uh, between like who's who's. Whose worldview are you going to believe, the scientist's worldview or the Bible's worldview? And so, so when you set it up that way, it's like, you know, clash of the titans, good versus evil, a cage match. You know, it's like the old World Federation wrestling days, Hulk Hogan and whoever. Um, I'm starting to think that these guys just propagate this because it's a cottage industry. You can, you can uh, uh, sell tickets to debates and sell your books and your videos and, and all of this stuff. But it's, it's, a, it's a false debate at the outset uh, as a clash of worldview. But I think to answer your question, I think it all goes back uh, to, to the Scopes monkey trial where you know, the issue is how do you, can this be taught in the classroom? Can this, 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 wicked, this wicked notion of evolution be taught in the classroom? I think that we've seen a lot of closed-mindedness, both in the in the scientific community of atheists and in the religious communities who have, uh, because of these sorts of things, become very phobic of science and, uh, um, you know, have, have kind of turned their backs on the reality of scientific discovery. Well, yeah, I think... Um Fear and ignorance kind of go together. I, I, the vast majority of people who purport to speak scientifically, you know, have barely taken a general science course in, in college. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of they kind of sort of make fools of themselves because they, they, they throw around terms that they're not using the way scientists would use the term. A uh, good example are words like fact or theory or hypothesis or law. They, these these words don't mean the same 
within the scientific community as they mean in the popular jargon. And the media, we referred to them before, I think stir that pot. They love mm. to stir that pot. Uh, but equally, a lot of people who are not religious and who are scientists or whose vocation is in the sciences don't often know that much about religion or they know a thing or right. two or they've heard something from their goofball neighbor. Right. And so they assume that this is how religious people think, too. So you have this kind of mutual ignorance, um, ignorance of what the Bible teaches or how it teaches certain things. And and so across that chasm of ignorance, there's, there's a, just a lot of rhetoric that's thrown Wow. Well, I, I know that religion is evil because I have a neighbor who was hit with a ruler by a nun. <laughs> the anyway. nuns. Hey, we got to take off here. We'd like to apologize to the legal community, to Hooters, Jesuits, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hooters? Oppressed women, University of Chicago, and patriarchal goat herders. <laughs> nice. We'll catch you next time. Good night.